Welcome to Mysterious Goings On. We're going to get right to the show after these messages. Hi, this is Cassandra Lane. I'm the author of We Are Bridges, a memoir. You're listening to Mysterious Goings On with Alex Greenwood. Children who grow up in a violent household, a dysfunctional household, an abusive household have a unique set of challenges, um, which eventually, uh, left unchecked, lead to a society that has a lot of challenges. I think it's probably no great shock that there are a lot of challenges in American society today, but probably worldwide. And a lot of that is due to the legacy of a violent and abusive household and uh, when our children are growing up. And that's something that's near and dear to me as frequent listeners to the show might know. And I want to talk about it with an author who captures uh, not just the essence of it, but the just the brutality of that kind of household in, if I can say this in a strange word, elegant way in his new novella, Children of Violence. I'm very excited to have um, uh, Luke Girardi, author of Children of Violence. It's a novella about the harsher side of American life. It's a, a no-holds-barred drama thriller loosely based on real events from his life. Uh, the book covers topics of religious extremism, inner-city poverty, violence, drug use, racism, and more. It is a wild ride. It is a fast and, I'm not going to lie, disturbing but damn good read. Luke Girardi, welcome to Mysterious Goings On. Hey, thank you for having me on. Man, here, let's go with an obvious question right off the bat. Um, I, why, why would you write about this? It, was it something that you decided, that looking back on your own life, that you had to get it out, or, or what was the what was the impetus? Mostly, uh, I, I wanted to write something entertaining, but yet realistic, and I don't. You see a lot of movies and books and stories that are told in the same way um, a hero's tale or a hero's journey and not that those things are bad adventures fantasy things like that but I, I wanted to tell something a little different where you don't know what's going to happen next and to do that I just based that a lot on experiences of my own life yeah you started plumbing those depths to uh to bring that out and, and we all do it i think as writers i mean i know i've done that i've got a series on our eighth book here and a lot of the stuff pulling out of there not all of it but a lot of it i can pull out of my own experience uh, which lends that certain authenticity uh and i'm going to ask you actually what the book's about in just a second but i'm always fascinated when something this raw comes out of an author i mean but was it difficult for you to pull it together was it hard yeah yeah i spent a lot of time um just digging through the past things I haven't thought of thought of in years and at one point my editor told me I had to cut some stuff out because you know it's fiction and it has to be believable and the things she wanted me to cut out were the true 
things that actually happened. Holy cow. And, and I, I cut some things out that were actually true because they say truth is stranger than fiction. And I guess that's the case. So I, I cut some things out that were just too unbelievable. So, but actually yeah. happened. So, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the book and then we'll go back. I, I, I'm sorry to jump around, but it's just how I go with these things. But I'd love to hear, uh, I'd just like to hear a little bit about the book, tell our listeners uh, what they can expect in Children of Violence. And then we could go back and I want to talk a little bit more about the mechanics of writing it. So I, I wrote uh, a couple of short stories. Well, I guess that's the mechanics of writing it. Let's not go into that yet. Um, so I have four kids, Gracie, Robbie, Cole, and Reeves, and they all grow up in different households that are all dysfunctional, but in different ways. So I have the stories of what happens to them and the adults around them that are also dysfunctional. And everybody meets and or cross paths at some point. And that's, uh, so Cole's father is a, uh, has PTSD and is an alcoholic. Uh, Gracie's father is a hitman for the mafia. Robbie's mother's a drug addict and prostitute. And Reeves grows up in a household that is extreme Pentecostal religious. Oh. And wow. everyone crossed paths eventually. Yeah, a lot of these poor poor kids hit the trifecta of dysfunction in their households, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so the book follows. It's a novella again. This is not like a very lengthy read, but it's a it's it'll go by fast. By the way, folks, it's a it's a quick read. But again, it's it's disturbing. And I, I Luke, I got to be careful saying disturbing. People might get turned off when they hear that. But it's disturbing in a in a great read way. Um, you talked earlier about about some of the mechanics of it, uh, about how your editor was like, "Come on, really? That's come on, that's crazy, right?" Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> but but is there? And I think we should cover this with our listeners because, of course, we not only have writers who listen, but lots of readers, and of course, writers should be readers. Is there? Ugh, I hate to say this uh, as a pun. It's not a pun. Is there a trigger warning though? Would you tell anybody, "Hey, listen, there's part of this that may really be hard for you to read." Uh, I, you know, I just tell people that it probably isn't for kids, yeah. you know, and if, and if you don't like it, you can just close it. You know, right. if, if you read it and you don't like it, some of the material is rough. Um, I go into topics. I mean, obviously there's poverty, but there's, there's a lot of abuse. Uh, and a lot of it, the hardest parts for, for me to write, I take the viewpoint of the bad guy, it's, it's written in a first-person perspective from each chapter. So mm -hmm. I had to become the bad guy. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted to see how far I could go with that. And it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, there's a character, uh, Frederick, for example. Uh, he's, the, uh, he's the security guard. Yeah. And he wins the lottery and he moves into the nice neighborhood. I, I had to write that from his perspective. And he sees himself as the good guy. Yeah. How do you make that guy the good guy? You know? And that that was very challenging to actually write. Well, that's the thing too. I think that it's a truth or truism, it should be at least in writing, is that if you write characters, write villains or write villainous characters who really just twirl their mustaches and are just a caricature, 
because uh, I don't think many uh, bad bad people, evil people, people who've done evil things, think of themselves as bad people. I don't think they think of themselves as the bad guy because everybody's a hero in their own story. Is is that yeah, kind of where you go with Everybody's the hero. Yeah, he's yeah. the hero in his story, no matter what he does. You know, he 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 wants the young girl. He wants the prostitutes. He wants the strip clubs. He wants all the money. He wants to join the KKK, but they won't let him in. And <laughs> You know, I mean, it just—he's—he's he's a bizarre fellow. Yeah, yeah. The the thing that some of the things that really uh, touched me, uh, I, I, thinking back, there this there's a scene uh, uh, involving uh, filling a hole and going to get bags of dirt, and you know, the kid is so plaintively wanting to please and help and the dad the, the the character needs help loading it and he's like shouldn't we just get a truck and deliver have it delivered we don't do that we'll just put it in the link in here and we'll do, and of course he totally miscalculates on all that yeah dirt spilled but there, but like there's like a tender moment there that's sad no it's because he expresses to the kid you know I, I i the light of my life i don't want anything to happen to you and that's this kind of thing and the kid just, just just swells up and wants to cry to get like a kind word and to get like a loving uh, expression. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I've, I've seen that's, that a lot. I guess that's kind of my dad in a way, you know, he's a really yeah. hard man, you know, and really not emotional in any yeah. way, you know, and, and just really just make your own way kind of person you know we, we do everything by ourselves and you have to be a man and just and that's who that character was you know and most of the book is is about my dad and a lot of the experiences that happened to him there's a part in the the book uh my dad had a lot of mental issues uh, there's a part in the book where there's an old man that escapes from the nursing home and he buys a he buys a bottle of gin, two watermelons, and a butcher knife. Mm. That's that's not a made up story. That's not fiction. That was my dad in a nursing home, and he escaped, and he came back, and he had the butcher knife, and they had to fight him in the parking lot. And uh, yeah, um, that whole sequence is that's just nonfiction, actually. Um, there's a, a sequence in the book where. Uh, Frederick, the security guard, is going to walk Mr. T around the mall. Yeah, you know, as, as a yes. guy. That's a true story. That was. Oh my no, dad. really? Yeah, my dad. <laughs> now, the, the the funny part about that is my dad was five foot four. Okay. Wow! Wow! And this is this is Mr. T after Rocky Three, so he and he's going to have my dad as a security as a <laughs> security guard so like yeah that whole story is pretty much true you know so well let's if you don't mind let's talk a little bit about that 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 growing up that home life so your father had his issues as you discussed your mother was very religious to the point i've i've read up on you to the point of you felt like it was cult-like behavior is that is that so yeah yeah just the fanaticism of and i go into that in the book as well the having to go out and pass out the biblical tracts every weekend uh always talking about jesus and i'm i'm not bashing 
right. Christianity or being Christ-like or anything like that. But once it gets to a certain level, once it once it takes over your life in a negative way, where the yeah. only thing you can think of is going to heaven. And that's your only goal yeah. is to do everything right, not to be a good person and or to serve your fellow man, but just so you can reap the heavenly reward. Once that mindset kicks in and that's all you think about, it changes a person in a, in a negative way. And all that church stuff is just something's off about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, 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 there, it's not an original. It's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Th there's a, a part in my book where the people go to, they're going to buy a house. Okay. Okay. And it's fully furnished and the people are going to live on a houseboat. And the mother doesn't want to buy the house because there's a Nintendo in the house. Yeah. And with the Nintendo comes the spirit of Satan. That's, that wasn't made up. My mom didn't buy a house because people had a Nintendo in the house. And that's one of the things that I was told to take out, you know, because that doesn't seem realistic, you know? Oh, wow. So that's the level of pure insanity. You know, well, well uh, it's funny you mentioned this because uh, I was just long story short, there was a, a game. It's a very uh, you could buy. And I was looking at it. It was like, especially during lockdown, my family, we were looking for games and not just your not Candyland, you know, what games you could think about. And they're they're a mystery. And there's there's there. This was like a haunted house game. It's a very popular haunted house game. And I was reading the reviews on Amazon and people were like, uh, look like a fun game. But the deeper you got into it, there were satanic elements. Uh, in it and it was just very earnest reviews and not one not two lots where people were just looking at because it was a ghost haunted house thing that it was full of these things that uh one one woman said we we got it out opened it up read the instruction manual saw that they had ghostly spiritual elements in it that we thought were dangerous it is now in the garbage can at the end of my street and well to, to that i respond if, if you truly believe that there are spirits and ghosts and you know you can invite them into the physical realm of your home yeah then don't buy that stuff <laughs> um, I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm being serious like, i know you are you, i know <laughs> if you believe in the, the spiritual possession right then you would stay away from it you know yeah that's some people believe in that stuff some people don't and once you let that stuff go i mean i was deeply embedded in that church for decades oh wow and once and once you let that go it's it's a relief you know you see the world differently did you did you that was actually kind of my next line of questions with you was as a child did you see through this a bit or were you were you all in i i wanted to believe yeah. i i did all the motions and when you're a kid and a, adults tell you things you believe it what people what people what, what you don't know is when you grow up and maybe i didn't even realize this until 
I was in my mid twenties or later, this might sound silly. Older people aren't smart. Just because you have age doesn't mean that you're wise, doesn't mean that you know what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of old people that are essentially big children. Yeah. And it just, you get sucked into it. And I wanted to believe, but for me personally, on, on a spiritual journey through the church, I never felt anything. Mm. You know, I, I would pray. I wholeheartedly, you know, if, if it's out there, you know, I'll, I'll take it, right. you know, but just all of that, nothing ever happened. And even, you know, even when I wanted it to, yeah. and, you know, I've, I've looked a lot into it. Some people say like some people are genetically predisposed, predisposed to believe in that stuff. And some people can't. And I might be one of those people that just doesn't get it. it has, uh, I might be right there with you. It's interesting. Uh, uh, just a quick sidebar here. Just I grew up in a very Southern Baptist uh, community uh, growing up in uh, Oklahoma. And so many of my friends just with this white hot passion had that belief system and all that going. And I, like you, tried very hard to open my heart to it. And I kept feeling like... Uh, I, I like all hailing frequencies are open, Captain. I'm ready to receive. Talk to me. Talk to me. Let me feel yeah. this. It, it didn't take. Now, no. You know like, exactly. You know exactly what I what I felt then. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. And and you wanted to desperately. I know I did. Because yeah. I wanted Why not? to fit I want in. To go to heaven? Why not? Yeah. Why not go to heaven? And I want I want to fit in with my friends and I want to please my parents. And I want it just didn't take. And I found it, uh, I, 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 well, I won't get into my psychology, but I found it really <laughs> disturbing as a young person. And, uh, but I have since then tried to square that spiritual, uh, gap or, or void within myself. And I, I wonder if I could ask you as an adult and as you move past this looking back, are you at a point where it's like, no, uh, I'm not here for it. I'm atheistic, I'm not into it. Or where are you with that? I, if you don't mind. I, you know, I, I consider myself agnostic, I yeah. guess. Uh, I, I can comfortably say that I don't know. Right, right. You know, and because someone that says they have all the answers, that's when you got to, that's when you got to slow down because people fall into that. People want answers. Yeah. yeah. And when people have all the answers and people just line up and follow that, that gets dangerous really fast yeah you get into jim jones territory with that kind of stuff yeah i mean and, and that's the far end of it yeah. you know and because those people were not crazy that's that's the mindset right. that you have to have they were normal people they just wanted this so badly and they wanted to believe the reverend jones i'm talking about the guyana tragedy folks if you don't know the jim jones story look it up but that's that leads me to the the next question that i really wanted to get into with you though luke is is about America right now, in particular. Um, uh, you make this point that it was one of the it was one of the saddest realizations I made as an adult. Okay, I'm in my fifties now. Was to realize that, wow, I thought by the time people got to my age, they would have this wisdom and they would know things and they would think critically. And would, no. no, it's terrifying. And I want to know where do you think America is? I mean, to write a book like this that really does take on violence in america where are you with where america is are you 
concerned? Are you optimistic? Uh, where are you with things? I, a lot of things are overplayed, I believe. There's more coverage of things going on. People always talk about, the, you know, the kids are so crazy. The kids are so crazy. Right. I did, all kids do crazy stuff. Yes. Nobody filmed me doing, if, if you filmed everything I did on YouTube when yeah. I was a kid and put it, you know, if, if that was technology was available at the time, I would yeah. have been canceled a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. The, the problem we have is just the coverage of everything. Kids are the same. Uh, I don't think anything's getting crazier. It's just the availability to view it all. And that might have its own repercussions. I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't, I don't think people are different fundamentally. Yeah, actually, there are many reputable studies that say, believe it or not, folks, sit down, folks, if you're ready, if you're not, if you're ready for this one, folks, listeners, America is actually on the whole less violent than it's ever been. Uh, yeah, it's, it's less violent. Uh, I, I saw, I, I don't know where I saw this, so please don't quote me, quote me. But I saw a study where uh, teenagers are having less sex than they were 20 years ago. Yeah, so, you yeah. Know, less murders less you know it's it's not as bad as the, the media mainstream or not mainstream uh right. covers it to be and that's mainly because of the coverage itself i mean when i was a kid we there was cable but you had five or six channels and a couple national newspapers and right and your local paper like that's it you know yeah. you know luke uh, as a former journalist and uh, uh and current i'm a pr guy uh which we have our own issues in PR, but as a former journalist, I can tell you, I, I can pinpoint, I think when things really started to go off the rails in that specific area, you, you touched on it. When we, when we began the 24 hour news cycle, where they constantly had to fill in holes, you know, so you could have 24 hour news on cable and, and wherever else. And then you got that, that was one issue I thought that dragged things down the national discussion discourse, and then the fear factor, but then you get social media where of course it's just been, I mean, we just had a whistleblower come out about Facebook, my gosh, but I mean, who didn't know this already, where it, it is fueled by outrage, getting people pissed off and scared. Yeah, and, and the Facebook whistleblower thing, I'm, I'm not too, too shocked at that. I mean, who, who yeah. really didn't know that <laughs> Facebook and Instagram were profit motivated? I mean, I don't think we need a congressional hearing about that. I mean, it, it's... It's always been known that, you know, they're talking about teenage girls and, and body image issues. And that's true even when they read the magazines, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and compare themselves to the magazines and have body image issues there. Um, but, of course, that's not available in your pocket at all times. So, right. And you can, if, as a parent. You can pretty well get rid of the magazines, but it's tougher, as you say, because it's, you know, and it's, I don't, you know, I've got a 13 year old daughter and we just at that age, because she is out in the world now, uh, school and stuff, and we're not, not watching her constantly. She's got a phone. It's limited, but she's got a phone. You just, you just have to hope that as a parent, you've raised them well and they understand the difference and that you pay attention uh, to those things. But I, 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 I don't know. When I look at children of violence with this, this, this book and I, I just think about the way you you fearlessly take on all this stuff, and and when you when I initially looked at it, of course, you know, you book by its cover, it's it's got a very dramatic cover, and it's 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 right in your face. But 
just based on our conversation here, all the different things it brought out, you know, because you're looking not only at a great story, at a well-written book, but you're also looking at the way that it just has layer upon layer of, of examination of our society. Um, and it would be the stupidest question in the world to say, did you plan it that way? Well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but it happened there for the, for this reader. Well, yeah, the, the one problem I had, it, which actually didn't turn out to be a problem at all, the, the, one, the main fear I had was the language. And mm -hmm. I use a lot of language because yeah. when I make the, the character, the, one of the problems I have, not, not a problem, but I write in proper English, mm -hmm. but people don't speak in proper English. Exactly. So I had to write from a character's point of view not in proper English, but be able to convey what's happening in the storyline to the audience. And I had no clue if that was going to actually work. Yeah. I mean, can people understand what I'm saying right. uh, and, and comprehend what I'm saying? Because I know what I'm saying, but can people comprehend what I'm saying, especially with the foul language? I, I use, I mean, I don't know if there's a, a, a bad word I don't use, but when you have bad guys doing bad things they don't say nice things right you know yeah. and there's a lot of racial language in there and no one has called me out on that and said hey you shouldn't have done that sonny you know no. just they just said oh that's the they, the audience is smart enough to understand that that's not me as a person right that's the character in the book it reminds me a little bit that this dilemma you're talking about too like Stephen King um one of my favorite books by him uh The Dead Zone begins and it's looking at, at the bad guy and he's a salesman and a dog attacks him in a yard or pisses him off so he kicks the dog to death and he got all this hate mail saying I can't believe you would glorify killing dogs and he's like I didn't kill the dog the character Greg Stilson killed the dog uh, and he's, he's, he, he, he still to this day gets people saying, I like that book, except you killed a dog in it. And it's just so and it kind of takes me back to what you said earlier, man. I mean, just because people get older doesn't mean they get smarter sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have to you, you have to open. I, I mean, I wanted to open like that. That's a shocking opening. Right. Uh, I, I opened this book up shocking, you know, um, bank robbery just put them right off the bat you yeah. know let's do a heist yeah in a different way though let's yeah. let's try to do a heist in a different way it started off as a collection of short stories i wrote right and six or seven of them were like in the same world yeah and so i just took those ones and i filled in the gaps and mess with the timeline the timeline's not uh chronological right you know, and I, have a, I had a hard time with the timeline and I have chapters and they have all over the living room floor and move it around. And then I'd have to add a sentence here and there in a chapter sure. to connect right. the line. And then at the very end, I mean, I'm not going to give anything away, but right. a lot of people have told me they read the end and then they have to read the beginning again <laughs> immediately. They open it. They have to go back to the front. Yeah. 
and that, that that was by design. That was definitely by design. Well, you know, this is doesn't get much better than Kirkus Reviews telling you that in this debut novella, a group of Americans can't escape the inevitability of violence. The author deftly shifts clearly defined characters with discernible narrative voices, grossing tale of the seemingly endless damage the brutality causes. Uh, so you have put this book out. It's obviously great. There's tons of great reviews out there. Lots of just average Joe readers on Amazon loving it up. What's next for you, Luke? Uh, I'm writing, um, I'm currently writing a new book. Uh, also on a dark topic. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, the new book, it's uh, Part-Time Gangster is the working title. I don't know what it's going to be called. Um, but it's about a guy that gets killed in a mass shooting and it goes into why mass shootings happen in America, why it's a uniquely American problem and how it happens and what societal changes have happened over the last hundred years to make this weird caveat of what happens in this weird subsection of people to make them snap and do mass shootings. Wow. Yeah, so, you, um, maybe after that one, you could write something about kids getting ice cream or something just to kind of. I think, I think that's <laughs> it for me. Like there, there's writers that, you know, like D Dean Koontz or somebody, and I'm not saying good or bad, but they come out with a book like every year. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think that's, that's who I am. I, I think I just got, two books in me and that's it this one and then the next one and then then i think i'm done okay i've been doing this show for over five years i've never once interviewed an author who said one and not one and done but two and through i've not heard that before you know what i'll tell you what <laughs> if 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 and when you're wrong about this and your third book's coming out you got to come back here on this show we're going to talk about this well, luke writing is 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 difficult. Yeah, no kidding. I, yeah. I sit there and I sit there and I get mad and <laughs> I get happy and and then I write and then I don't like it. I throw it away. Like it's a difficult process. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing though. But I think uh, I think though getting through it, you come out with a, a wonderful book, My Children of Violence. Uh, it's a riveting, shocking, and perversely entertaining debut novella. It it lives up to the hype, folks. Uh, it's a once-in-a-generation story that creatively and bluntly exposes this tragic, violent, meaningless, and hopeless side of life. So, uh, but again, I, I don't want everybody listening to go, oh, that sounds depressing. No, it's well, there's actually... a lot of comedy. There's exactly. a lot of comedy in there, too. There's some yeah. funny, funny bits. This is not just doom and gloom, dark and abused children, okay? Please don't get that impression from me, but it's, it is dark, but man, yeah, there, there, there is some comedy there. There is some... There's a lot of textures in Children of Violence. Yeah, there's a lot of the the funny side comes from ignorant people not knowing things, and that's that's <laughs> true about life. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the, the, there's been a lot of talk about The Sopranos recently. You know, and one of the things I used to love about that series was just how they would always there was a lot of malapropisms from the characters, the, the gangsters, and they thought they knew stuff, and they they clearly didn't. And it, it was very funny to me. You know, that's so why I, I, I kind of got a little bit of that uh, here, which I loved. Um, Luke, where do people buy this book? Where do they work? Where, where's the best place to go? 
easiest place to get it uh, the, the paperback is on amazon that's the easiest place to get it uh, it's it's on targeted.com um, I, I'm in Denver. It's in a few bookstores around town. Uh, BarnesandNoble.com has it, but Amazon's the easiest place to get it. I have a website, LukeGirardi.com. You can get it through there as well. Has all the links to where to get it. And my website does have a uh, chapter in my book on there. If you want to check out my writing style, if see if you like it, see if you don't. The chapter in the on the website is the fishing story where the the people go fishing. The chapter is. Uh, the third chapter in my book, it's about uh, two black people that go fishing in the wrong part of town on a golf course, and one of the groundskeepers at the golf course doesn't like yeah, it. Yeah, check this out, folks. At LukeGirardi.com, uh, there will be links in the show notes at MGOPod.com. There'll be a picture of Luke and a picture of the book cover, all that stuff. So just go there, and there'll be links, and and you can take it from there. Luke Girardi, I, I want to thank you for this book. It It's a great book. It's, it's well worth a read, folks. Luke... Uh, can't thank you enough for being here uh, on Mysterious Goings On. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Mysterious Goings On. Don't forget we have a complete archive of all of our interviews, monologues, updates, live readings, dead readings. All of that stuff is available at mgopod.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to us so you never miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual suspects. Please join us there. Again, don't forget, mgopod.com also has links where to find me on social media and how to get in touch in case you want to be a guest here on the show. Well, I think it's time that I move on for this week, but until next time, keep reading.